The way we consume and share news today it is largely rooted in social media. It's a reason why I decided it's crucial to look at what's being discussed online. From the hottest issues to trends for our daily social media minute, we're joined by Erica. Good morning. Good morning. Looking sharp. Did you get another haircut? I did. Just getting shorter and shorter. <laughs> You're running out of options. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be none of it left. <laughs> <laughs> Something to look forward to. How was your Tuesday holiday, Erica? Uh, it was good. It was very busy. Mm. Uh, yeah, I would use the word busy to sum up my Tuesday holidays. How about yours? Same, because Adam asked if I was well rested and I hesitated to answer. I thought yeah. rested is not the word I would use to describe it. I no. mean, it's... It was fun and eventful, but not rested. I need a break from that break. <laughs> oh, I understand what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners agree to disagree or do you agree with us? Let us know. Let's jump into our social media minute portion in the meantime. Now, wherever there are some error to be corrected, especially on Korean history or the correct depiction of South Korea, there is a particular organization that always comes to its rescue. That's right. And we're talking about uh, the cyber diplomacy mission called the Voluntary Agency Network of Korea, or simply VANC. Now, VANC shared on Monday that some of the most frequently used dictionaries online yield some seriously distorted information about Korea. Now, according to Vank's findings, 11 out of 15 dictionaries, including the Collins Dictionary, the American Heritage Dictionary, and Dictionary.com, uh, use the single term Sea of Japan to refer to the body of water east of the Korean Peninsula. And uh, all of these dictionaries omit the name East Sea. Okay, in case our listeners are not all caught up, let's talk about why this is such a problematic issue for Korea and has been that way for nearly a century. A quick search will get you informed too, right? That's right. Now, the sea area in question lies between Korea and Japan. Uh, the body of water also extends north towards Russia. Mm. It includes the territorial waters and exclusive economic zones of the countries surrounding the area. Before getting into all of its history, in other words, several countries share jurisdiction and sovereign rights over the sea area, so the policy of Japan could potentially be misleading. That's right. So when two or more countries share a geographical feature, mm. its designation is generally standardized through consultations among the countries that are concerned. However, if the effort to standardize it fails for whatever reason, I'll get to that later, uh, the names officially used by each of the countries are used concurrently. Uh, and this general rule of international cartography is also confirmed in the International Hydrographic Organization technical resolution, which was adopted in 1972, and the UN resolution on the standardization of geographical names adopted in 1977. Now, the number of international map publishers, history textbooks, and map websites online uh, recognizing the legitimacy of the name East Sea and using the name has increased from 3% 20 years ago to around 40 percent oh. currently but still to this day many english dictionaries still use the singular name 
Sea of Japan to describe the body of water in question. Now, Vank found that some of these dictionaries also seriously distorted Korea's history. So it's not just about the naming. It's no. it's maybe a collection of things that must be corrected considering yes. how many people probably use these dictionaries, right? Mm-hmm. Now, uh, let me give you some examples of these uh, distortions. Okay. Uh, the American Heritage Dictionary and YourDictionary.com grossly diminished Korean history, stating that the history of Korea traces back to the 12th century BC, uh, when in fact it goes much, much <sighs> further back in time. The British Collins Dictionary erroneously states that Korea was a subordinate state, a vassal of China until 1876, when Japan and Joseon started trading. Now, it's not just the Collins Dictionary either. Uh, Vang pointed out that several other uh, frequently used dictionaries give a false perception that the main bulk of Korean history is made up of colonial rule and Korean War. Now, some even state that the official Korean name for Korea is Joseon, when the correct notation is Taehanminguk or simply Hanguk. I do feel like a lot of our Adinang listeners, it's safe for me to assume that they're just kind of shaking their heads in disbelief because most of us would be informed otherwise. But the problem is if you don't live here, if you don't understand Korea, and it would be maybe arrogant for me to assume that everybody knows as much as we do living here, right? Um, Right. What if there's an entire generation unaware of South Korea and its history and correct way to uh, label the EC, and they look up these online dictionaries Dictionaries and try to figure out some answers. There, it seems that the corrections are absolutely necessary. Right, and it just shows that publishers have clearly not gone through the necessary process of checking whether certain information is correct or even updated. The global interest in Korea has uh, never been higher than now, and uh, that means more and more people, especially the younger generation, will look up Korea mm. online. Mm. Now, Vank plans to make necessary revisions and provide them to English dictionaries and encyclopedia publishers, mm. along with a request for corrections. Now, for those of you who are wondering why uh, is most of the world still using the term Sea of Japan to refer to this body of water? Um, Well, back in 1929, the IHO published a book titled Limits of Oceans and Seas, uh, in which the world's oceans names were internationally standardized. Now, the name Sea of Japan began to be widely used internationally with the release of the book. Uh, You also have to remember that at that time in 1929, when the book was published, Korea was under Japanese occupation, and hence, we could not participate in the publication process. Mm -hmm. Um, However, the name East Sea, uh, which Korea uses officially, has been used for over 2,000 years, not only here in Korea, but also on world maps and even on old Japanese maps as well. Mm, Which is an argument the Korean government has been using to legitimize and normalize the use of the East Sea. 1929, it's literally been 100 years. Maybe it's time Mm -hmm. for us to... Move on and correct ourselves. Eh? Yes. yes. All right. With that, let's move on to our second buzzword of the day. Less than two months into debut, which is hard for me to believe because their songs get played on my show and every show 
Yep. So much. New jeans apparently setting new records on Spotify. I'm a fan, I have to say, too. <laughs> Something different and really fresh about them. I don't know. But uh, its namesake debut album is setting new records on Spotify, which is the world's largest streaming platform. And according to the platform, the group recorded the highest number of monthly listeners, uh, garnering more than 8.8 million listeners over the past 28 days. Uh, New Jeans also became the first K-pop act to log a debut track on the global music platform's weekly and daily charts as well. Yeah, so the song Attention on Saturday landed at number 36 on Spotify's Today's Top Hits, rundown of the most popular songs and recent releases around the globe compiled by its editors. Uh, The only other K-pop artists that have been featured on the playlists are BTS and Blackpink. I don't know, sharing shoulders with BTS and Blackpink, it doesn't sound like such a bad comparison, right? You're right, this is only two months into their debut, and... Honestly, there was a time when K-pop bands debut had sort of these transition phase. The fans need a little bit of time to get used to this brand new group and a brand new concept. I mean, talk about starting with a bang. Only That's right. Now. That's right. Uh, new Jeans debut track also made it to Spotify's weekly top song USA chart. Attention debuted at number 200, once again becoming the first ever K-pop debut track to rank on the chart with an accumulated 1.6 million streams. Uh, the group also logged its debut track on weekly Spotify charts in 17 different regions, not just in the U.S., including Korea, Japan, and Canada. Uh, the band's two other songs that's been getting a lot of attention as well, <sighs> High Boy and Cookie, also ranked on the platform's weekly charts in 14 and 6 regions, respectively. Cookie did get a lot more attention than perhaps expected by both the agency and the group for a number of different reasons. First, it was a good song. It got our attention. People were talking about it. it content the lyrics the lyrics and the interpretation of what cookie was supposed to imply the agency flat out came in saying that that is inappropriate that was not the intention that's not the end of it though that's how just i don't know social media and communication works right people start talking and well there is really no end to that but to each their own Mm -hmm. you know what else is buzzing they've rolled out the red carpet for this year's emmys (laughs) yes exactly and squid game has been shortlist for a number of different competitive categories Categories And frankly, they're so competitive. I'm not quite sure if they'll nab all. And that's not me just downplaying the hype. It's mm-hmm. just it's just really that com- competitive. You know who's front and center in Squid Game? Lee Jung-jae. Jung-jae. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, nice segue. Uh, Lee Jung-jae, by the way, has been cast in the new Disney Plus series, Star Wars, The Acolyte, uh, which is a mystery thriller about uh, dark powers emerging in the final days of the New <laughs> Republic era. Uh, acolytes apparently are those with force abilities who study under an experienced Sith Lord. Not a big Star Wars follower here. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Star Wars. I mean, who isn't, right? Um, you know, since going back all the way to the beginnings of Star Wars. But mm. uh, I don't know. This this news got me really excited. I mean, it's Lee Jong Jae, and uh, he's really going on the on the you know he's going big. Yeah. In the global scene. This is completely uncharted territory. You want to talk about stars aligning for a Korean actor? This is it. I mean, he, he had this big directorial debut along his 
with his best friend who gets to do that. Yeah. Um, and then he gets cast for Star Wars. That's that's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. All right. Do we have any other further information about which role Lee Jung-jae will take on? Because there was a time when Korean actors were also cast type as the villain. That was a thing. Yes. Uh, we don't have much information mm-hmm. on uh, what role he will be taking on. Uh, although it has been confirmed that he will co-star with actors Jodie Turner-Smith and Amanda Stenberg. All right. Uh, now, most non-Korean fans know Lee Jung-jae by his role as Hong in Squid Game, but he was already an established and popular actor long before the Netflix show. And I think even the fans from far, far away have not figured that yes. out. <laughs> exactly. He was in, well, going all the way back, we're talking about Boreshige. Oh, wow. Uh, Glass, the TV drama. Uh, he was in Chief of Staff. He's best known for his roles in films like The Thieves, The Face Reader, The Housemaid, along with The God's Hunt, Assassination. And his performance on Squid Game has earned him Screen Actors Guild Award, Indie Spirit Award, and uh, Critics' Choice Awards. Not so shabby. It's funny because along with The Gods, he was supposed to be a cameo. That's quite yeah. the cameo. <laughs> yeah. All right. It turns out Lee Jung-jae signed for the U.S. based Talents Agency this year, clearly committed to promoting more in Hollywood. Uh, what? Who did he sign with? Uh, he signed with the, the Creative Artists Agency. Okay. Um, yeah. And uh, getting back to the show, which we don't have that much details to, uh, the Star Wars uh, Universe Project is being developed by showrunner Leslie Headland, who was co-creator of the hit series Russian Doll. Oh. Uh, the filming of the series was originally slated to start earlier this year in February, but uh, is now expected to begin in November in London. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first season is made up of eight episodes, and I'm sure many fans are looking forward to it. You know, the beauty of streaming uh, platforms is that they'll drop it all on the same day, and you can watch it like one long movie. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. is what I did with Surinam over the weekend. <laughs> oh, you did? Okay. <laughs> I still have to get to that. <laughs> I recorded a little insert for that series, and I had to go digging for it. Uh, the director is actually infamous for editing a lot. <laughs> yeah. My, my voice appears for two seconds. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh. And just a little fun little side <laughs> thing. Thank you so much, Erica. It was fun. I'll see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.